Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All righty, welcome everybody to our diabetic group. Um, so tonight we have Sabrina Ross to, to talk to us a bit. And if everybody could please, please mute, that would be marvelous. So, so just so there's, since this is being recorded and there's no background noises, that would be great. And thank you everybody for coming. And Diane is our host. And Diane, if you hear any background noise, please mute. You have my permission. Uh, Sabrina? Yes. You can, I want, I would like you to tell us about um, what you know about the Prodigy Voice, about, about how, how can people, just an education part of that, like about sticking your finger and making sure you get the right amount of blood on it and such. So, Right. Can you tell us your training um, about that? Yeah. Yeah. I um, was once a contractor with the rehab services here in Texas. And so I did diabetes education with other blind diabetics. And so the Prodigy was the meter that I mostly recommended just because it was totally accessible to anyone who was blind or visually impaired. Um, That meter was very different when I started doing diabetes education in 06 and 07. However, um, it's gotten much better uh, for the one that's out today. Um, Mostly the, what's still called the prodigy voice. That meter is totally accessible to anyone blind or visually impaired. You can take it out of the box, put the batteries in it, and program the entire meter without any visual help. Where the auto code and some of the other meters, you still had to set up with a person who was visually could see it visually because it was not totally accessible. But the Prodigy voice came out and was totally accessible. It's also available in Spanish and a few other languages also besides English. So in my area of the world, I'm in Texas, I had a lot of Spanish-speaking clients. So that meter came out with the Spanish version, which was great for some of my clients. I don't speak Spanish myself, so I always had to work through an interpreter. But for the Spanish speakers to have a meter they could understand was great. My work as an educator was to help the blind diabetic become totally independent in caring for themselves with their diabetes and becoming a healthier diabetic so that they could become a productive employee. Because, of course, rehab services here is all about putting people back to work. And so 
That was my goal, was to help people become more independent, caring for their diabetes, to make them more productive, productive employee so that they could retain a job. And so I would go in and assess their knowledge of their diabetes, assess their knowledge of being able to do a finger stick. And let me just say this to apologize for my voice. I had a tumor in my trachea until last Thursday, and I had it removed, but it has not brought my voice back. So this is the voice I have, even though I used to be a singer. Um, However, singing's not in my ability anymore. But this is the voice I've been left with due to some vocal cord paralyzation and intubation back in December of last year. So I'm sorry for my voice, but it is what it is. So anyway, I would go out and speak with clients homes to determine their knowledge and their ability to care for their diabetes independently. If they had a talking glucometer, could they use it? Most of the time I found out they did not have one. So it was my responsibility to help their counselors in getting them one and ordering adaptive equipment, which could have been anything from the Prodigy voice to a talking weight scale to a talking blood pressure meter to a device to help do insulin injections or helping them be able to get their doctors to put them on pins or even um, talking weight scales if they were trying to watch their diet or losing, trying to lose weight, especially for the type 2 diabetic. Um, just whatever equipment I could order or whatever equipment we could come up with um, just being normal household items, like if somebody needed to still use a syringe and a bottle, but they weren't good with a countodose, we would cut cardboard pieces so that it would be the length they needed to draw back their syringe to get the correct number of units in their syringe. But it always, it didn't have to be some man-made product out there. It could be household items that were easy to use for someone. It was all about making things easy so that they would do them and try to do them correctly to be more healthy. I myself am on dialysis now since January. I have to use a talking blood pressure meter, a talking weight scale, a talking thermometer, and then I have a continuous glucose meter that does show on my iPhone so I can get my blood sugar readings also. 
because all of that I have to put into my dialysis computer every night and every morning when I disconnect. So those are products that became very much needed for myself, um, even though I might not have needed them before, but I had them, and they were greatly um, appreciated by me. But now they are a necessity for me because there's one thing about me. I am very independent. I don't like to have to have someone help me with my diabetes. I've been a diabetic for 45 years and been on insulin. And since I was eight years old, I did my own injections and did my own care, of course, I had parental supervision for quite a number of years before I was totally independent on my own. And there was not blood sugar testing at that point. It was all urine testing and a color chart to look at, which meant you really had no idea what your blood sugar really was. You had a rough estimate. But as of about my teenage years, the home glucose testing came into effect, and that greatly helped um, my diabetes. I went from A1Cs of approximately 13 in my teenage years down to my last one being a 5.3. It is a little deceptive because I am in kidney failure. But it is not that deceptive, probably in a true six instead of a five. But it has greatly helped me being able to be independent and keep my blood sugar under control. Because, yes, I did go blind in 2003. I did not lose my kidneys until last year in 2020. And I still feel my feet. So I still have my legs. I still have my fingertips. And my late husband did not have any of those when he passed away from his diabetes. He was amputated. He had had a kidney transplant, but was back on dialysis. He was totally blind and was really a shell of a man when he passed away. Some of you may have heard his name, Mark Marvel. He's been an ACB or was an ICP a long time. He um, passed away in 2013, though, so he's been gone a number of years now. But anyway, um, I really would be happy to answer questions about the prodigy. Um, I can tell you the steps of testing your blood sugar with it, but I don't know if that's really what most people need. Okay. A lot of what the question is, is how can you tell if you have a lot enough blood on your strip? Because they're, they're always getting um, error messages, not enough blood on your strip or error or something that like that. Is an extremely difficult thing to do. Um, it's really more you starting to figure out if you have enough blood, but when you get readings that are the way you would expect them to be and you don't get that error, 
not enough sample. But as far as getting the correct amount, it really is learning how much to squeeze your finger, how much to milk your finger to begin with before you stick it, how much to squeeze your finger. Once you start getting good results, then you kind of use that as your guide because there is not a way for me to teach you how to get the best amount on there other than making sure your fingertips are warm. Um, Whether it's running your hands in warm water, obviously washing your hands is a good idea before you stick your fingers. (laughs) Washing them with warm water and soap and really getting vigorous with the um, scrubbing will help warm your fingertips up, which will help get a better drop of blood. Um, After that, these strips that are used by the Prodigy Voice do have a vacuum type um, pull to them, but they will pull an inadequate, inadequate, uh, my words aren't coming, an inadequate amount though at times. So really, if you have warmed your fingertips, then if you're used to milking where you basically start from the the knuckle of your finger at your hand and run down your finger so that you're running the blood into the fingertips. And then with me, I hold my thumb against the end of my finger and then poke it so that I try to trap the blood down in my fingertip and then poke my finger. Mm -hmm. I know I'm hard to get blood out of, which is why I enjoy my CGM. I use a Dexcom. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I would poke myself twice right in a row in the same exact spot just so I made sure I got a good poke. Um, A lot of your lancing devices come with an alternate tip, which is a larger hole where you can press down harder on your finger and move more of your fingertip into that larger hole to get a better finger poke. Mm -hmm. So if that's a problem for you, you may want to look at that um, alternative tip. If you can see it, it's usually clear, where the other is usually a color. Like I happen to know mine is blue, Mm -hmm. and it has a regular blue tip on it. Mm -hmm. But the clear tip is what I have on mine. Some tips also have a a number where you can change how deep the finger poke goes. And to me, I never can remember if one is the easiest poke or five is the easiest poke. I do know that I, if I have the uh, end turned, I need it not to have any space between the tip that punctures my finger and the actual lancet device. 
if you turn that knob at the end, it will lengthen the space between the actual device and the end of the thing that pokes your finger. The more space you have in there, then the easier the poke is going to be. And if you're brand new at it, you probably want an easier poke. Mm -hmm. But if your fingers are calloused and you've been poking them forever, you're going to need a deeper poke to still get adequate blood, if that makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's also different devices out there without, Mm -hmm. you know, looking and choosing. Uh, and purchasing them and trying them, I don't have any recommendations. But mm-hmm. I do know, like, Walgreens has one that's, like, about $3. Um, they pretty much all take the same lancing device. Yeah. So you can pretty much use any of them. Um, some people use the one-time single-stick little devices. Um, for me, I've never used those. I've always used um, some type of lancing device. Used to use what the old-timey one they called the Autolet, and I really hated it when they quit making that one because that one gave it was like a guillotine, and it gave a deep poke, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But they don't make it anymore because it was so barbaric looking. Mm-hmm. So now they have the nice ones where the needle's covered up and you don't see it going towards your finger. Oh, right. But have you used the, the lancet that, that, that works like a pin? You, at the top of it, you push it down. And then you know how, 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 how a pin, when you push it, uh-huh. when you push the top of it, it writes. And then when you push the top of it again, it goes back inside. You know what I mean? Right, I do. And that's my of, favorite one. Well, the majority of the lancing devices have a button on them. Right. Um, but, I have not used one that had a button at the top like a pin. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. But I've used those that have side buttons to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's I have to put my finger. That's what I use. Mm-hmm. Unless I just give up and use the needle itself and don't even oh. use a device. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. I'm so calloused because mm-hmm. I only poke my left hand because I do read Braille somewhat with my right hand mm-hmm. and I don't want calluses there mm-hmm. because yeah. of reading Braille. Right, for sure. I don't read Braille well, but I do like elevator buttons and uh, door uh, labels and things like that that are on a hard plastic type. Thing. I cannot read a regular Braille paper book, but mm-hmm. I can use plastic Braille paper and use a Perkins Brailler and make labels. Like for my CDs or my DVDs, I can read things like that um, mm-hmm. as long as my right hand's not callous. Right, right, yeah. Um, okay, so if somebody, Dan, you want to tell people how to raise, raise their hands for questions? Yes, I will. Thank you, Danette. Mm-hmm. All right. To uh, raise your hand, if you're on a uh, PC, it's going to be Alt-Y. If you're on a uh, on a Mac, it's Options-Y. 
if you're on a smartphone, uh, such as an iPhone, it's going to be uh, in the More button, which is basically at the lower right corner of your screen, and then you'll have to swipe until you find a button that says Raise Hand and double tap that. If you're on a touchtone phone, it will be uh, star nine. And then to mute and unmute yourself, um, if you're on a PC, it will be Alt-A. On a Mac, it's uh, Command-Shift-A. On the smartphone, uh, check in the lower left corner. You'll see a mute button. And on the uh, smartphone, it is star six. Thank you. All righty, cool. So if you have any questions for Sabrina, you can raise your hand and Diane will call on you. Well, Danette, this is Tom. Okay. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to raise my hand and my computer won't let me do it. So I don't know what's going on here. So. Um, you may also, because um, Zoom has, has updated, you may need to go into reactions. Okay. Well, since may need since to go have, into reactions and find it there. Okay, Dan. Well, since I have the floor, I'm going to speak if that's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Sabrina, this is Tom Tobin. and I just wanted to thank you so much for being here tonight and sharing all yeah. your great your great information. Especially, you should get battle pay for your poor voice. I I feel I feel mm-hmm. horrible for you, but. Um, yeah. Uh, you've got me beat as far as the number of years you've been uh, living with diabetes. You've got, I think you said 45, I'm 36. So um, mm-hmm. I will say over that time, we're getting back to doing finger sticks and applying the blood. Uh, you know, we've come a long way from the days of the one touch two where you needed like a huge hanging drop of blood right. to. And you know, so the product, you thankfully, is forgiving enough. As you said, it has the vacuum system that we need a much less amount of blood to make it work. But you're right; sometimes right. it doesn't work so well. But uh, but anyway, I just wanted to make a comment and really just wanted to thank you for being here tonight and taking the time to talk to our group. I really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, I um, the Prodigy does take a lot less blood than the old systems used to. Uh-huh. Uh, so it is a little more forgiving, but it still makes you mad when it tells you not enough. I'm like, well, there's plenty of blood on my finger. Why didn't you get more? Agreed, agreed. So, but it, it is a good system for a system if you're not able to see. Yeah, I agree. So, Mm-hmm. I used a prodigy for many, many years before I went on a CGM like you, Sabrina, and I'm a very happy camper to be on a CGM. Thank my fingers thank me every day. Yes, I <laughs> I very much enjoy that. Um yeah. without having to poke my fingers all the time. But then when they poke them when I'm in the hospital, I'm like, you know, this really makes my fingers sore again. Well they're most brutal. The, they're brutal in the hospital, I know. Yeah. Most of the time they let me just use my CGM and tell them what my blood sugar is. Thank goodness. Good for you. Because I'm also on an insulin pump, and I normally continue that when I'm in the hospital if I'm alert and awake and able to handle it myself. That sounds great. Well, thanks for uh, being here again. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Okay, Kim. Hi. My question is, uh, doesn't the uh, strip from the, the voice machine, doesn't it have a beep when you get blood on it? Um, yes, it does. It will beep, but um, it's still... When it first draws it in, sometimes it does not get enough, and it will oh. tell you error. But if oh. it does, if it does get enough, it will beep, and then it'll start at six-second countdown, which is not audible, but it will oh. count down and then verbally tell you your blood sugar reading. And the, the way I go with the blood sugar readings is if you're comfortable with the readings you normally get, and you're comfortable with the way you feel. If the reading you get is not the way you feel, test again. Mm -hmm. And if it is what you're expecting by the way you feel, chances are you're pretty close to the right right number. So I always go with, if you feel the way it says, good. If not, retest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there yeah. are some sites out there that the strips are pretty reasonable without insurance even. Because mm-hmm. um, I use a site where I get my strips. I can get 50 strips for $9.98. Mm-hmm. So if I have to use a couple to get a good reading, I don't worry about it as much as if I was using the one touch that were. $25 for 25 strips, you know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm, I was just diagnosed as type two. So hopefully, um, testing is down the road a ways for me. My doctor and I are working on that. Okay. But I'm hope I'm hoping to go with the iPhone. Yeah. The, the probably, if you're visually impaired, the prodigy voice is probably your best bet. Okay. Thank you. And now okay. it's not too expensive either. If you need a meter, most insurance companies will pay for a meter every four to five years. But even without it, like on um, some of the websites, you can find it for like $50 for a starter kit or 55 Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Okay, Danette. Okay, so my another question would be, where can I get a scale, not a scale that would weigh my food? Okay, um, most of the um, websites for the blind have mm-hmm. them, like Maxi Aids, Independent Living Aids, okay. um, LSNS. Um, I would Google talking foods, yeah, talking food scales and see what it can Talking food scales. Talking food scales, okay. Yep, and see what sites it brings up for you. Okay. I know know MaxiAids and LSNS.com both have talking food scales. Okay, that would be really interesting to start doing that, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, we have a uh, phone number ending in 613. Hello, that's me. My name is Jane Perry, and I'm from Falmouth, Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Um, First of all, a quick comment, if I may. Thank you for the information. Um, If you want to try Amazon, that is the least expensive place to get a talking glucometer. Yeah, Amazon does normally have good prices. Um, right, I, I found that they're um they're probably any three three to five dollars cheaper than any of the catalogs. I just ordered a talking um, oximeter because I have other health issues, and a talking blood <laughs> stuff. So you might want to try that. My question is: before I lost most of my vision, I've been a diabetic since two thousand two, but even much earlier that, but a true type two diabetic since two thousand two. Because I had some vision, I used the AccuCheck because I still could see. And I liked the strips because they were called comfort curve. So even if you only got a little bit of blood, you put your finger in the curve and it would drop the blood. And now that I'm almost totally blind, I've gone to the Prodigy. But I would wish they would make some sort of strip that's like the comfort curve. So if you do have difficulty getting enough blood on it, if you put your finger right into the curve, it would draw right up the blood. So, well, yeah. That's- well, it's one thing the prodigy strips um, pull from the very end of the strip, so that does make it easier for some um, yeah, than those that have the spot where you had to actually drop the blood into the little circle. I like the method you did tell about the thumb. I'm going to try that. Yeah. So that thank you very much. Okay, there are no more raised hands. Of course, I don't know if everybody is aware, but you can get um, also talking products for your bottled medication, for your, you know, whatever high blood pressure pill you're on or your cholesterol pill. Um, There are many different products out there that will also help you with that. I use um, pill pack for a very long time because I could get them sent where everything was in a little packet and I could take my pills that way. But my meds have changed so much in the last several months that I'm just getting mine from a local drugstore right now. Mm-hmm. But I, being a nurse, I'm pretty familiar with my medications, but there are ways to get other devices if you need them. Right. Now, years ago, you used to be like a school nurse, correct? I was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started in 1990 and my nursing career. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a pediatric hospital for Texas Scottish mm-hmm. Rite Hospital. And what used to be for crippled children, it's now just mm-hmm. called for, for children. And I worked there for six years. Mm-hmm. Then I went to um, a local hospital, Medical City here in Dallas, and mm-hmm. it was, it had become an accredited uh, children's hospital inside a hospital. So the pediatric department, the pediatric ICU, the neonatal ICU, 
and the newborn nursery were all considered a children's hospital. Mm -hmm. And I worked in all those departments. Mostly I worked on the pediatric unit. and I was the charge nurse most of the time then. And then when my um, son, I have a biological child that I had in 93. When he went to kindergarten, I decided I was tired of the weekends and the 12-hour shifts. And those turning into 16-hour shifts. And so I went to be a school nurse from uh-huh. 7.50 in the morning to 3.50 in the afternoon. Because then, um, while I was a school nurse, we adopted a second child. Uh-huh. Because my pregnancy was so difficult, uh, we didn't want to do that again. Uh-huh. So we have our two boys. So I was a school nurse until I lost my eyesight in 2003 Uh and then i went into diabetes education at that point that's awesome okay so what do you know or do you know about it's called an in-pin now that i don't know anything about i guess it might be something new you put like in a cartridge of hemolog and you the app on your phone yeah Okay, well, well, when my late husband was alive, he had two different pins. Mm -hmm. One was for his hemolog and one for his um, N or NPH or whatever we used back then. Um, And one had a cartridge that went in one, and that way he could tell the difference between the two two Mm -hmm. pins. Mm -hmm. So I do know... At that point, like I say, he died in 2013. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't really seen pins except for a Humalog or Atlantis pin that just has the the knob you turn to dial right, up. The, what the, the you quick want. pin. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the um the in pin is is an app that you can have on your phone. That, that you put in your carbs, that you put in what your sh- blood sugar is, and then you put in your carbs, and it will tell you your dosage of insulin that you should take at that time. So okay. it's so, so it's very, I just learned about it. I mean, I've just got mine today, and it's pretty convenient so, so far. I, I am one that I'd rather calculate all that myself mm-hmm. than have a device do it for me. Yeah, understandable. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm getting exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. In fact, right. um, you know, my one of my glucometers that used to go with a pump I had, an insulin pump, mm-hmm. you could program it to figure out what you needed and send the message to your pump to give it to you. But mm-hmm. I still did mine all myself. Mm-hmm. I still pushed the buttons on my pump and gave my insulin and calculated it all out myself mm-hmm. do they have an accessible pump yet that no. work with dexcom i didn't think so no they don't um the new minimed 670 also has a component with it that has the cgm i don't know how easy it is to use though but it is from what i understand the most acting like a pancreas where it can 
adjust your pump to your blood sugar. Oh, uh-huh. So it can tone down your uh, basal rate or increase it depending on your blood sugar and cambolus. Uh-huh. But for me, I still do it all myself. I, I have a mini med 630 um, uh-huh. with the quick bolus function. So I can bolus myself um, independently, but I cannot do anything else on it totally independent. My um, partner, my live-in boyfriend, whatever husband I call him, um, he has to help me refill it. Um, I can clear the alarms, but I don't know what the alarms are. Uh-huh. Usually I can guesstimate by what when they're going off, whether they're low reservoir or battery needs uh-huh. to be replaced. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sabrina, this is Tom again. I would just say that... Uh, None of us on this call who are blind or visually impaired that can't use pumps should feel too bad about. Uh, I have it on good authority from people that can see perfectly that the Medtronic, what they call their closed loop system, is a total nightmare to use in the in the in the um, automatic mode because it alarms all the time, and you have to look at the screen and figure out why is it alarming and then right. correct it. So it's most people, even with all the you know, promoted, marketed, you know, right. whiz bang technology. Say so they usually they usually use their uh, six seventy in manual mode because it's just too much of a pain in the butt to get alarms all day and all night long. So that tech- sure. that technology is not where it needs to be right now. If I were a betting man, I would put my money on the tandem T Slim, which is working with Dexcom to create a closed loop system. Um, from where I stand, if the, the tandem is a is a touchscreen pump interface, so if we could figure out a way to put a quote unquote voiceover on the tandem, we'd have a product that we could really use and would yeah. really would really be a truly a closed loop system. And if they get to the point, which they will, I'm sure, hopefully during our lifetimes, that uh, they can miniaturize that and all that they can implant in. But what I'm hearing at the challenges today is not the pump side and not the continuous glucose monitoring side. It's the glucagon. Glucagon has such a low shelf life, or sh- I should say short right. shelf life, that um, these new pumps that are going to be, um, you know, a, a, a closed-loop system will have a glucagon component to them. So like a like in your a person that doesn't have diabetes or body, when your blood sugar starts to go too low, your, your brain tells right. your liver to release glucagon, glucagon to bring your sugars up. And uh, right. so I heard on from a very well-educated, informative person that until they can figure out a really good way to extend the life of glucagon, an implantable closed-loop continuous glucose monitoring system probably isn't really going to come to fruition. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if uh, somebody made a, a pump that would actually mimic a pancreas without all the trouble that comes with it. Right. Um, I mean, you know, I I myself just use the six thirty, an older mini med pump, and that's only because my AccuCheck uh, Spirit pump is no longer made or supplies for it, or I would have never changed to a um, a touch screen pump. But mm-hmm. I had no choice, really. I've been on a pump since 1999, and I never want to go back. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I, I started a pump in 1993, Sabrina, and uh, I never thought I'd ever want to go back either until I got some scar tissue built up in my abdomen. So I went on pens, and I didn't lose any ground on my A1C, so I've been using pens since 2017. But, um, you know, there really is no reason today, given technology, this will be one of our advocacy uh, initiatives with ACB Diabetics in Action um, is for around accessible, durable medical equipment because yeah. technology today, when I went on a pump in 93, there's no way they could have miniaturized a, a speech device to work on a pump, you know, the size of a cigarette right. package. But today, obviously, that's not the issue. So it's not so much the technology today. It's more the attitudes and the, um, you know, the stereotypes right. and misinformation that pharma has about what blind and visually impaired diabetics can or can't do. And right. uh, and I'd have to say it's more we can do a lot, but they don't think we can do much. Right. So exactly. It's, they it's, would not believe that we're totally independent caring for our health. Oh, I know what it took for me to go on a pump in 1993. And I, according to my endocrinologist, I was either the first or second totally blind diabetic to go on a pump. I have no idea if that's accurate or not, but that's what he told me. And, um, you know, back in those days, we didn't even have audible bolusing. You had to literally count up the the number of beeps, which each beep was one-tenth of a unit. So if you wanted to take five right. units, you had to count up to 50, hit activate, and listen to the drive screw deliver the insulin. And right. if you count back down from 50 to zero, and if it started to overshoot, you had to put the, the pump into suspend to terminate the delivery. Now, that's not very, right. that's not very sophisticated, Sabrina. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was already on the pump when I was sighted, so it was very easy for me to continue okay. listening to beeps when I went blind in 2003, but I didn't have to start with the pump being blind. And yeah. I think because I'd had it visually, it wasn't a problem for me. Yeah. But well, I, I, you know, I, um, yeah, as I said, you know, a lot of blind and visually impaired diabetics today are using legacy technology, and that's just not acceptable to me. We should be able to use the same technology that everybody else does out of the box. And right. uh, so if I do one I, last thing before I check out on this planet, it's going to be to try and fix that issue. You know, Prodigy has said for years they were making a, a voice insulin pump, but they haven't yet been able to do that well i'll tell you the true whole story and you're correct to a point and i know there's i know their ceo and i talked to him and he said tom that it's not that we they actually did develop a fully accessible prototype but they said we're so small we don't have the kind of money that it takes to put it through fda process right. to get approved FDA so, approval so it literally is sitting on a shelf somewhere in their company collecting dust because they can't afford to put it through the fda, the process. FDA. now that's a real shame that's a real shame to me it is yep okay um if i can interrupt a minute uh chanel has her hand raised oh chanel. yes hello yes i wanted to come in on this discussion on the pump since I have also been using a pump since 2004, um, had diabetes in 95, I've been totally blind and diabetic later on, but I've type one. And I, I actually, I agree. I like to be able to input the insulin myself. I wish I could do it more precisely. The latest 630G has more limitations on what you can do with audio bolusing. Uh, for example, my previous pumps, I could go a tenth of a unit if I really wanted to. 
And, you know, that could definitely be more precise. Um, this one, you can only press the, um, it'll only let you do so many presses before. Um, so you can only, the, the smallest, it's really practical to set the audio bolus unit to is 0.5 units. Otherwise, you're stuck doing that's, the manual yeah. bolus. And that's what mine set on is. I, I can do the manual bolus. I just use an iPhone app to read the pump screen, which is not ideal at all. And I would personally, but I do use my iPhone OCR apps, uh, SuperSense. Um, and Vision AI to actually, you know, read the pump. And it's not ideal. You know, there are air, like whatever. Right. But if I work at it, it does, I, I can do it. But it, it t- does take so long that I'd rather just do the audio bolus and be done, the, or easy bolus. Right. Um, my doctor was talking about this T Slim, but I don't, he is thinking, and I should do some research on my own because. Doctors sometimes know very little about technology, but he was thinking that there was an app um, that went with this T-Slim because I also use Dexcom and I use that app on my phone. But I I find I would think it would be more practical to control the pump via an iPhone app. And maybe that might not work for people who aren't um, as technically savvy, but I would not want to be listening to try to hear a voice on a small device such as the pump and it would be much easier to have an external remote at one point there was a gentleman uh developing a what he called a pump mate for the medtronic series uh-huh. and that never fell through cuz or came through cuz minimed didn't want to work with him so um and then yes i also heard about the production of the prodigy pump and it being discontinued. So definitely we need something. I don't know if it's would be practical or practical to make the pump talk just because too, you know, we might want to take the, some people do like to take their pumps in the water. I don't, I, I, I can't imagine dunking the $6,000 plus (laughs) piece of technology in water, but some people do. That's where some people use, let's say the Omnipod or something, but um, I just don't, so anyway, I guess those are all my comments. But the question, I guess, is does the T-Slim have a corresponding app that allows you to control the pump? And actually, back in the early 2000s with the Minimed, there used to be some computer software. And I never had the right equipment you needed, you know, but you could actually program basal rates on the computer that would transfer to the pump. Now they've really limited what you can do with that software. The most you can do with the software is download your results. And the CareLink right. thing is really hit or miss. Um, right. Sort of screen reader accessible. I just enjoy playing around with technology. So I love to figure these things out, but not everybody can do that. <laughs> right. Chanel, this is Tom again. I would just comment on your comment about the T-Slim is that as far as I know, they do have an app, but as far as I know, it's not accessible. I've, I've tried to download okay. it and I couldn't make hide nor hair of it. But I will say this, um, again, on good authority from people that are in this space and they know they're, they're actually, um, you know, uh, subject matter expert, if you will, as far as in this whole adaptive, not adaptive, but whole diabetes space. And, um, the, and I will say that, you know, I wrote to Tandem very early on and asked him about, hey, you know, this is like an iPhone. Can we put speech on it and make it talk? And they were actually said, 
So pretty much right after they launched the T-Slim, and they said, love to talk to you about the idea. I mean, they were incredibly welcoming, and they said, we'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, and I certainly wasn't the only one doing it, but um, they they said, we can't do it right now. We're trying to launch our product. And I, totally, I totally understood that, but um, I agree with you, Chanel. I mean, I, um, I think using our... The only problem with smart devices, not everybody has one. Um, yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's the only one challenge. Um, you know, right now I have a friend that's trying to use the Libre system and mm. she can't really use it because her husband's Android doesn't, ha- doesn't have enough juice to support the app. But uh, oh, dear. she has enough vision that she can barely see the uh, screen on the, on the handheld unit. But um, so I, I just, we, we have to, I think, be careful for an advocacy sake that we don't leave any, leave anybody out right. you know what I mean? so it's um and, and as you know i'd love to talk to you sometime danette probably would too i'd love to, you should be you should be a host on the show to talk about your experience with pumping i think uh i think you have a lot of knowledge and um so I, you know maybe we can talk off offline sometime but i think that would yeah be, well i should be there on saturday um good. which is a great plug for the well i don't know if it's an only eight or whatever we're called so but it's open to everyone right yeah, it's a Saturday chat. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just don't think, I mean, personally, I, I just wouldn't, if, if we had to have the talking part on the pump, it'd have to be really loud. And I don't want the whole world to know what I'm doing for my insulin. Okay. It's none of their business. <laughs> yeah, fair point. I think that's a fair point. I, so I just, I just want to remind all of us, we got to keep in mind those folks that don't have smart technology. Yes, we did. And I was thinking of that. That's what I meant. We do but have yes. one more hand raised. Sorry. We yes, have, we have actually two. Thanks, Chanel. Okay. Yes, we have um, David, David Plumley. Plumley. Yes, you may David. unmute. Okay. Uh, David Plumley. Now, I'm running the Prodigy Voice, and, of course, I'm having a heck of a lot of trouble with the blood samples, getting enough blood and getting it. I know I've got blood all over my finger, but getting it into that strip, and I'm going right out to the end. But the other problem I'm having, too, I wish Prodigy could – I wish that meter, the, the printout function would work. I installed the software, but and I got it uh, to the point where it was asking me for the date, my birth date, and I got the month in. But then when it went to the date, every time I tried to put in a number, I just got an error message. So it seemed like they haven't got their function right. Uh, right now, I have to type the manual, the readings manually and print them out and take it to the doctor. But there ought to be a way that Prodigy would print them out for me. Well, I... Don't use that now because of having the CGM. But I used to have the software on my computer, and I used to be able to print it out with no problem through, you know, my computer, through my jaws on my computer. But I have not tried that in probably six years now. Yeah, David. That's a. This is Tom. That that is a known bug in their software, um, and you're not the only one that's you know that's complaining about it. Uh, it it's a known issue, and um, I you know we we've tried to communicate with Prodigy and get them to do it, but again, you're talking about such a small company. Their their reaction time is extremely slow. Tom, but- I I also try. I beta tested with them on that very subject. We were working on it for like three hours, and they said, we'll take it back to the drawing board, and I've not heard word one, and that was five years ago. Yeah. Well, we... 
need to put on our bucket list of things we need to yep. advocate for because that really shouldn't be. I mean, Larry, if you can't figure out how to do it, nobody can do it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, we, we should put that on our list of to-dos because that, that should be a pretty easy fix, I would think. So right now we can't use that printout function at all then? I don't. This, yeah, it's the whole download thing. It's not accessible, uh, David. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, I wish I had some system that would automatically record it, put it in a file where I could play it. Because well, the the only suggestion I would have for you, David, is that um, you know some of our doctors' offices have that software, and of course, if they could see, they could download those results right in the office. Um, the problem is that a lot of the doctors' offices, because Prodigy is kind of a proprietary product, they don't have that on their PCs. And you could you could ask your doctor, you know, hey. I'll download for this for you and get it, get it to you, and you can put it on your computer. So when I come in for my uh, appointment, you can download the readings off my my meter, which you know they should be able to do that without a problem. It's just it's just just because of those of us that use screen readers can't do it. Oh, so that's one suggestion. Now, that's not a perfect idea, but it's a workaround. Okay, well, and I hope I can get better at getting enough blood because right now on a package of fifty strips, I'm probably blowing between 20 and 30 of them. All right, one thing I've tried, I I used Prodigy for years, is that I'd poke my finger and I would actually touch the front of the strip um, above where the, my, 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 uh, um, right, you know, where I poked my finger. Yeah. I would, and I, you know, and and as Sabrina said, I'd milk a little bit to get some blood flowing and I'd, I'd draw it straight up right across that little nipple on the strip and that usually worked pretty well to make sure that the whatever amount of blood you had right. hit the hit the sweet spot, if you will, David. And um, but another, that it, it takes a lot of practice. Not only question with that though too is if you hold the meter with one hand, but then touch the end of it with a finger you didn't poke. Yep. And like underneath. And then move the finger you did poke to the very end. It's easier to get your fingers to meet when you've got a point, you know, kind of that you can feel, you know, the strip and bring your finger you poke to it. That's a good, that's another really good strategy. I've seen use that too. Um, Mm -hmm. About 55 minutes past. And we do have one more hand raised. Okay. So if I'm if I got the meter in my hand and so it's moving. I'm not finding it, um, Danette. Well, maybe Becky put her hand down. Maybe perhaps. Yeah, she did. She did about five minutes ago. <laughs> so anyway. Well, you guys, you guys are actually impeding on my bedtime. So <laughs> I'm an early riser. I get up about five a.m. So I usually wow. in bed by eight p.m. <laughs> Yeah. Sabrina, I want to thank you for for joining us and telling, sharing with us your information about the a prodigy voice because that's been a hot topic on our list. And mm-hmm. I want to just thank you for for joining us and and telling us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, yeah, thank I you. Have, I have no problem if somebody wanted to email me to or call me to get mm-hmm. information. I'd be glad to share whatever I know. And I do hope your voice gets better. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> okay. Becky's hand is up. Okay, Becky. 
I'm sorry. Sorry, Dan. I'm doing your job. Sorry. I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina, I I too want to echo what most people have already said. And thank you for um, coming to share with us. Um, I wanted to also kind of just take a couple minutes and let people know that um, if you uh, do want to reach Sabrina, you can send me an email to acbda, um, that's acb and then diabetics in action, da, um, org at gmail.com, um, and I can connect you with Sabrina. Um, the other thing is, is if you're interested in joining ACB Diabetics in Action um, and helping us to try to move some things forward with the Prodigy and other products, um, then you can also send me an email and I'll give you instructions on how to uh, join the affiliate. Um, I am a member of the affiliate. I am I'm, a member of Diabetics Yes, she Yeah, she's on, the, she's on the list too because I see yeah, her all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's org at gmail.com. And the last thing I want to say is on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, we will have our Saturday casual chat, um, which is kind of a another way to meet people and share uh, experiences and ask questions and that type of thing. So that's this Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh- and Diane, I want to thank you for being our hostess for the mostest. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. It was it was fun. And as a matter of fact, if if you guys are going to be hanging around, I'm going to make Becky the host as she requested, and I'd like to hang out. Also, yeah. I have a few comments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. While you're doing that, I will tell everybody that this will be a podcast uh, soon, probably not tonight, but sometime early tomorrow, so that if you missed any of the information, you can get it uh, when it goes up, as soon as I get a chance to do that. So that'll probably happen early tomorrow morning. 